0: Hey, everybody. Before we get to our episode today, uh, I have a little business to take care of. If you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system.
1: Grasshopper lets you send and receive calls and texts from your new business phone number. That way, you can run your business from anywhere and respond to clients quickly with Grasshopper's mobile apps.
0: That's Grasshopper. Sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com sticks You get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash sticks. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. Double remote episode today. I'm at the Casa. Bucky is not in the studio. He's away as well. So we're joining forces, though, even though we're not together, Buck. I I feel the power that we have after finally wrapping up the NFL season with a pretty epic Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, great Super Bowl. Outstanding to watch uh, these two teams, these two best teams in the league, obviously. And then watching them kind of have it play out. I'll tell you, very entertaining Super Bowl, real offensive heavy, but at the end of the day, the defense made a play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that was the deciding factor.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things to jump into on this game, so uh, I, I want to get into that, and we'll you know go through some different takeaways and our big thoughts on the game. I, to me, I, I want to start off with the overarching theme, and this is something I feel like we talked about a lot on the podcast leading up to the Super Bowl, which was your phrase, all gas, no breaks. This, stay aggressive, stay aggressive, stay aggressive. And I think we actually uh, have the clip to me of the play that that really kind of set the tone for how aggressive this team was going to be. And that's you're down there fourth and goal, um, first half of this ball game. Not only do they go for it, uh, they give you a little razzle dazzle. Boom. moves to the right. It goes directly to Clement. Clement reverses it, and the pass goes into the end zone. To Nick Foles. Touchdown by Nick Fultz. I mean, what do you think, Buck, when they go down there and decide to go for it on that one and then to pull that rabbit out of the hat? What were your thoughts?
1: You know, I felt like there was a plan. When you looked at the score in this situation, I knew that they felt like they couldn't continue to beat them with just field goals. They had to score touchdowns. Uh, to save that play, to pull it out at that time, said a lot about the aggressiveness that Doug Peterson and his staff were going to approach the game with. I thought it was a terrific play call. I thought the execution was superb. And I think people have always slept on Nick Foles' athleticism. They said he was a big-time basketball player in high school. I think you saw the difference between his athleticism and Tom Brady's athleticism on a similar (laughs) play. That was a big-time play for the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Yeah, no question. And to me, Foles kind of big picture on him for the entire game. I was just blown away with how well he saw the field, how quickly he was able to find out what they were doing. They used a lot of shifts and a lot of motions, and I thought with that they were able to identify what kind of coverage they were getting from the Patriots. Every time they got zoned, man, they had the middle of the field so wide open. He was able to find those tight those windows and get the ball in there. And then when he had opportunities, uh, we saw a lot of, of inside vertical routes, something we always champion uh, on our show. That's one of the best throws you can get in the game mm-hmm. is get those inside vertical routes as well as some wheel-type routes. Uh, they took those hole shots as well. But I thought, man, Nick Foles... You know, the last line of my report, Bucky, when when uh, we took him in Philadelphia was, I think he's going to be an exceptional backup that can get you through a small stretch of games if needed. Now, I didn't know that stretch of games would be the playoffs, and I didn't know it would culminate with him being a Super Bowl MVP. So, man, you talk about getting hot and finding uh, lightning in a bottle. He definitely did.
1: Yeah, he got hot. But I'm going to say Nick Foles played very, very well. But I will give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson, Frank Wright, uh, and that offensive staff because I think what they did they were able to take the bye week and really dig down and figure out what Nick Foles does really, really well. Doug Peterson is on record saying they went back and they looked at 2013 tape. They looked at 2015 tape when it was in St. Louis. They were trying to find the best concepts that were already in their offense and run those plays over and over again. And when I dug into the numbers, because I wrote about it in my notebook, 61% of his passes were hitches, goes, and crossing routes. And the beauty of what the Philadelphia Eagles were able to do, they ran the same plays over and over and over again, dressed them up out of different personnel groupings, different formations. But Nick Foles was basically able to run three or four plays repeatedly, was very, very comfortable. And they were able to do what the Patriots do to other teams. They beat them with simple execution. I love the game plan. It was aggressive. But simplistic enough for the young, the quarterback to be able to execute it.
0: And I don't think. Look, I, I'm gonna. I'll cue you up on this so you can vouch for me that. I'm not making this up. But I, I was there all week long. I have a lot of friends inside that Eagles organization. Haven't worked there, and a bunch of you know friends of mine that came over from the Baltimore Ravens in the personnel department there. So. Uh, I know that group really well and I remember telling you, calling you a couple days before the game and I said, Buck, Mm -hmm. these guys are so confident, man. And I actually put a number. I said, they gave me a number. They said, if we don't hit this number, we'll be really disappointed. Remember what that was?
1: 40. You said they were going to bust the clock on them. You said they felt like they could put 40 on those dudes. You felt like their offensive line and defensive line could control them. They were the more talented team that all they needed to do was just play the game the right way that they would win. And really, DJ, like, It played out like that, like um, the Patriots for years have been able to get by with Bill Belichick, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski being the exceptional players or pieces of their uh, team puzzle. And then everything else kind of fills in around it. Other teams have been more talented. But what the Patriots have been able to do is they are the masters of execution. They typically run things over and over again, and they believe that you're not disciplined enough to hold up. In this game, the Philadelphia Eagles were not only uh, disciplined enough to hold up, they were more talented, and the talent eventually took over. It took a while for it to get there, but at the end, their defensive line, they were able to knock Tom around a little bit. They only had one sack. That sack was critical, but I felt like those early game pressures and those late game pressures changed the way that Tom played. He was not his normal, accurate self, and that was due to the pressure that I felt like he was under for most of the game.
0: Yep, it was uh it was definitely an aggressive approach. It was a very confident team, no doubt. They they were very confident they were gonna put up a bunch of points and they ended up needing just about all of them. Uh the second takeaway I wrote down, Buck, was uh, you know, you mentioned him just a second ago, Rob Gronkowski. He's still in a game full of a lot of great players. Uh man, he he's the biggest mismatch in the entire league. Brady takes the snap. He backs up a lot for Gronkowski left,
1: reaches yeah. out, extends, makes the grab as he does.
0: So, I mean, I'm sitting there watching this, Buck, and they they had tried different things with Gronk. And we talked about maybe Malcolm Jenkins will be the guy that matches up with him. Mm-hmm. They actually had Darby. They had Ronald Darby, their number one corner, down in the red zone. Twice they had him lined up with Gronk. One time, okay, Gronk, it's a fade, and he kind of tracks it over the shoulder, and that's a big, big boy type play. You're like, okay, he's got the size advantage. The next time, he hit him with a little jerk route and created all kinds of separation and gave Tom Brady a layup for a touchdown. So... To be, a, to be that big, and yet to be able to beat a number one corner, not just with size and speed, but with technical route running, that's that's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, he's a unicorn. We just don't see guys that size with that kind of athleticism. And to think he's a guy that's been slowed down by the injuries, the numerous injuries that he suffered, knee, shoulder, elbow, all the injuries that he's had to endure, yet he continues to be the big time mismatch every time he steps onto the field. I really don't know what you can do to contain him, uh, how you take him away it certainly helped that they didn't have brendan cooks on the field because now you didn't have to worry necessarily about the deep ball but they play in a way that makes it very very difficult they don't do a lot they empty the backfield they motion the running back from outside to inside so they can tell men his own tom brady's very good at making checks um, their execution is superb and then at the end of the day if they're in doubt they can always throw it up to 87 he gives them the ultimate erasure for Eraser for whenever things are wrong or right with that offense.
0: Yeah, they didn't get him going in the first half. Then you saw that first drive in the second half. They came out there and use your phrase, feed the pig, man. They get get the big boy the ball and they did that early.
1: You know, that's the thing. And when you talk to defense coordinators that have played against the Patriots, they always talk about you need to have two or three game plans. Whatever you did the first half, you can't come back uh with that in the second half because they'll pick it apart. And with the extended halftime, Justin Timberlake going on for maybe 25, 30 minutes. They had more time to really figure out exactly what the Eagles were doing. And you saw that first drive. They had an answer for that. The Eagles never necessarily made an an adjustment to slow down Gronkowski. They were just able to win with their offense making more plays. And I think who thought that this game would uh, break out into a video game like affair? But that's what it played out to. Whoever had the ball last was the team to win. And they got that one turnover, which gave them an extra possession. And that was the difference.
0: No question. All right, the, uh, he wasn't the only tight end in this ball game, though. Again, I felt like we kind of wore out talking about Zach Ertz and the important importance down in the red zone sevens versus threes. Uh, we saw it a little eye candy at the end of the game. Get the running back out of the backfield, motion him across the across the formation uh, on the backside. You end up with with Ertz one on one. He runs a nice little slant, and I think you, we got a clip of it right here. But it was uh, it was easy pickings for Ertz on the game winner. Empty backfield, four receivers right.
1: Back goes Foles, fires, slam, touchdown! Zach Ertz! He caught it, he bobbled it, he never let it drop, and he finished with the football.
0: Yeah, Buck, another thing we've talked about, I think, throughout the year is just the ability of teams like the Eagles, the Rams, uh, the Chiefs, to use all this eye candy, all this movement pre-snap, and then not only kind of to identify what you're doing defensively, to just figure out where these one-on-one matchups are and then attack. And I thought that's what you saw in the game winner with Ertz.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they did a great job by design, by motion to create basically what I call a four-by-one situation, an overload situation that caused the Patriots to get out of what they wanted to do. They wanted to double-team Zach Ertz because they knew he was their big red zone target. But when the back motion out the backfield, that took the safety from one side of the field all the way to the other side of the field left Devin McCourty one-on-one with Zach Ertz. And in normal instances, you would like to think that that is in favor of the Patriots. Great route by Zach Ertz. Really stuttered him on the slant, breaks inside, balls delivered on time. Um, Man, it was a terrific play, nice design, very aggressive call, but one that they've done time and time again from various formations. Like, look, Doug Peterson, those guys, they didn't outthink themselves. They didn't outsmart themselves. They ran plays that they queued up. They just did a great job of masking their intentions with the pre snap shifting and
0: the motion. No question. And I think actually uh this game wanted to Ertz something again we talked about a little bit before the game. All right, that's fine. I'll go Philadelphia thirty one to twenty eight on the Zach Ertz, 30, Ertz touchdown. Thirty one points. Thirty one points. You gotta gotta score. You gotta keep scoring. Do not stop. My friendly advice to the Eagles if you get up, don't 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 let off the gas. You all, better all keep gas, putting no up points. All gas, no breaks. Tap the brakes in this game. Uh, so you're going with the Patriots, I'm going with the Eagles. Man, that would be a pretty big upset though if the Eagles pulled it off. Nick Foles with the confetti falling. Can you imagine? Oh, that would be amazing. Pretty incredible. So Buck, I got a full disclosure here. I got I uh, I was excited when Ertz scored a touchdown because folks on Twitter were like, oh man, you called that on the podcast. Great job. Full disclosure, uh, I went on radio row the uh, the day, the week of the game, a couple days before the game. And I, I was telling everybody, Nelson Aguilar is going to catch the game winner in this. So I had half my chips with Ertz. I had half my chips with Aguilar. So just I needed one of those one of those two guys to come through and hope that the other people forgot. So uh, yeah, no, I, I, took a, I took a stab in the dark on Ertz, but I also took a little bite of the uh, Aguilar apple. Aguilar, by the way, had a great game. Here's the thing
1: about Aguilar. I felt like Aguilar was um, really emerging as a slot receiver throughout the course of the season. In the playoffs, he's been a a really good factor for them, his ability to get open. I think the thing that really helped Aguilar get loose in this game, Eric Rowe had to go from playing slot corner to then playing on the outside. It gave Nelson Aguilar a favorable matchup that Patrick Chung, Batamosi, whoever they lined up on him, he owned it. And when you look at the numbers, according to Pro Football Focus, of the 10 targets that he had during the game, four of those were on crossing routes. And we saw the Eagles go to crossing routes over and over and over again. This was a, a concept that they used repeatedly under Chip Kelly back in 2013 with Nick Foles. We saw them use the rub routes and the pick routes against that man coverage. Nelson Aguilar is savvy, his cunning, his gal. He was able to really get open. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles exploited that matchup. Nelson Aguilar was a big part of their game plan.
0: Yeah, running after the catch was big too. There was a huge third down where they threw it to him about three or four yards shy of the sticks. He and, I think it was that was Badamosi we were talking about, right? He just yep. shook, shook and yep. That was a huge play. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, another takeaway here, number four on the list, which was: uh, Look, you got to have a closer not just in baseball, you got to have a closer in football as well. Boy, if the Eagles can come up with their one turnover of the game right here, that would be sealing. It is second down and two. Brady with White right to his right. Brady back again. He steps up his head and falls forward. He and it. he fumbles the football, and the Eagles have it. It is
1: recovered by. Now it is unrecovered by Bornette. Bornette! Bornette! Brady fumbles, and Bornette has the ball. It is eternally.
0: Buck, this is something, you know, look, every team needs a closer. And we're not talking about baseball, we're talking about football. You've got to have a player that can finish a game on the defensive side of the ball, be it with a sack, an interception, a big play. I was around Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, two great closers. I know you were around Julius Peppers and a whole host of, of big-time closers. Derek Thomas, I mean, the list goes on and on. You need one of those guys, and I thought Brandon Graham stepped up and, and got that done.
1: You know, with Brandon Graham being able to play on the inside, uh, something that was new, I hadn't really seen him in that role. But we talked about how talented their defensive line was. Um, You think about four first-rounders on that D-line, six legitimate pass rushers. We knew that one of those guys could finish. And I think what was interesting and compelling, Fletcher Cox had talked about on that play, he knew he was getting double-teamed. That meant that Brandon Graham knew automatically that he had a one-on-one. He came with a different kind of speed and quickness on that play, right to Tom Brady, knocked the ball out, huge play. And so... As we think about some of the lessons that we will have, because, you know, we've all sat in meetings after the Super Bowl. We all sit around the table and talk about what did we learn. Well, now the Philadelphia Eagles kind of set the table as the new model. Everyone will start looking at some of the tactics that they have from a team-building standpoint and also from a way they play standpoint, and people will steal that. The one thing I noted, I want to take away from them, I want to make sure they have a deep and talented defensive line that features a number of pass rushers inside and outside, that we can roll in and throw them at waves. We've seen the New York Giants do it years ago. I think this is different because I don't know if those Giants teams can match the depth that the Philadelphia Eagles have assembled on that front line.
0: No, it's a great point. And it gets me to my last point here, which is you talk about what teams are going to take away from this in the copycat league that we're in. I thought both teams, uh, when you looked at that game, running back by committee, no question, and they each featured all their running backs in all their various roles. I think that is a huge value as we look to the future. Brady gives the White, runs out oh, the middle, sprints to the 20, slips a hits hit and 15, it. driving open, tackle at the 10, angling left to the end zone, touchdown, Patriots! Holds back again, he's looking, he's looking, he's pumping, he is going deep,
1: and is it a touchdown? I'm awaiting the signal. It is, touchdown! 22-yard touchdown
0: to Clement. Just look at look at the Eagles side of it here, Buck. When you have Ajayi and Blunt being the Hammers, and then you got Corey Clement using him in the passing game, has 100 receiving yards in this contest. You flip it over to the other side, they want to get White involved in the passing game. Uh, Deion Lewis, kind of a quick screen drawback they could use. And then Burkhead's got his, his little bit of juice as well as more of a lateral guy. Uh, he got in there and did some nice things for the Patriots as well. So even though we have a bunch of big-time running backs coming up in this draft, I think teams might be looking at this saying, hey, maybe three is better than one.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think not only what we've seen in the Super Bowl, you see the Philadelphia Eagles and what was interesting about them, their team that has done it by committee, but primarily their production was on the ground. When you look at the Patriots, their production was primarily through the air. They did have a lot of scrimmage yard production, but in terms of receptions, receiving yards out of the backfield, receiving touchdowns, that group was near the top of the charts in the league. And so... As you think about the other teams that also had success, the Carolina Panthers being able to play multiple backs, the list goes on and on. The Atlanta Falcons. More teams are going to use a back by committee approach, but I think they're going to use it knowing that those guys have the skills to be frontline starters, and their offensive coordinators have clear plans for how to use them and incorporate them into the game plan.
0: Yeah, look, it's uh, it's going to be fun as we kind of transition towards the draft we're going to talk a little bit of draft on this one but i think let's just keep this pod just purely with the super bowl uh we're we're going to jump into college we'll do that on thursday uh there's a bunch of stuff we're looking forward to getting into with that but i thought let's just put a nice bow on the super bowl on this one one piece of business we do need to handle though uh that's the offensive line of the week presented by the ford f series and uh, i got to hand that out for the super bowl and i thought look the patriots offensive line to give them credit was much better in this game than I anticipated against that Eagles front. They did a nice job, throw for over 500 yards. Outside the one sack to Brandon Graham, they kept Tom decently clean. But I think, it, you know, look, the Eagles won the game. They ran the ball at will. They were more physical up front, and they keep Foles completely clean in this ball game. I think we've got to give the Eagles the offensive line of the week.
1: Yeah, I think underrated uh, performance was a production in the running game, having over 160 rushing yards. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt had 90 yards, J. 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 made Mason, big-time plays and some contributions. That offensive line, at one point, they really took over and controlled the game. And even though it didn't show up the way that the game turned out, I believe their ability to run the ball, control the clock, win the time possession game was critical. They were able to keep Tom Brady on the sideline. I want to say the Patriots only had 25 minutes of possession. That is a lot because if you limit their snaps, you limit their offense. The Eagles' offense was their best defense on Sunday.
0: All right, we got to do a offensive line of the year too, since the season is over. So let me just give you a couple options, Buck, and then you pick it of, of who we have for the offensive line of the year. Kansas City Chiefs had the league's leading rusher, Kareem Hunt. Uh, they really helped protect Alex Smith, help him have a big year. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. I know they had some uh, you know some time without Ezekiel Elliott, but they're still one of the best in the league. I think we got to put Philly uh, in there in the way they capped off the season and everything that they did. Uh, and then the last one I'm going to give you is a little bit of a sleeper here. How about what the uh, what the Los Angeles Rams did, bringing over Whitworth? Todd Gurley goes off. They allowed Jared Goff to take off. That offense, the uh, most explosive offense in the league, I think that offensive line deserves some credit. But that, I gave you four there, four options. What do you think?
1: Man, that's tough because uh, normally I probably would lean towards the L.A. Rams because what they were able to do, Jared Goff, resurrecting his career. Ty Gurley playing like an all star. But I think to the victor goes the spoils. I'm going to go to Philadelphia Eagles. And the reason I'm going with the Eagles, they had to overcome some injuries. They lose an uh, all pro left tackle, and, and Jason Peters don't skip a beat. They're able to play with some other injuries on the line to continue to get it going, to go through the playoffs and the road that they traveled with a backup quarterback. That line had to pick up their play. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles deserve to get the trophy for the year.
0: I know. I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think that's a good choice. We'll go with the Eagles. And, again, you, uh, our buddy Sean O'Hara did this every week. You can go to NFL.com slash Ford. You can check out his built Ford Tough offensive line of the week as well. Um, I think – hey, hey uh, Sully, are we good here? Can we just be good with the Super Bowl today? Because I want to save all our good college stuff for Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, you just came out with the top five impact rookies. Uh, we, could, yep. we could chat that on Thursday and really start uh, zooming towards the draft here yeah we got the combine list has come out so we can jump into that as well so i just figured this is just gonna put a bow on the nfl season with this episode and kind of get folks excited about coming back on thursday as we transition towards a draft which is going to be a fun one all right buck anything else to add you we're ready to get out of here Yeah, i think so i'm
1: i'm excited to put this in the books but then cast our eyes to the draft
0: it's going to be fun trust me you're going to want to stay with us here we'll both be back in studio for uh for the remainder of the spring too. So we'll get you uh, plenty of good content on the way. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. And thanks for leaving us those reviews and, uh, and those comments on iTunes. Been checking that out. It's awesome. So we appreciate that. That's going to do it for us. This has been Move the Sticks presented by the Ford F-Series. We'll catch you later this week. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, Go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.